The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. The scripture we want to open with today, pardon me, the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. I'll begin reading to you from verse five. Those who live 
according to the sinful nature, have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God, or the sinful mind hates God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit that lives in you. This statement is so profound, and we need to look carefully at it and understand it in concrete reality. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Well, what does the Spirit desire? And then further, and we'll come back to this, but I want to highlight it for you. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the spirit who lives in you. That's an incredible promise. Your body is dead because of sin. All of our bodies have been utterly corrupted and we will be given new bodies if we have the Spirit of Christ in us. And it says, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. I want to tell you that righteousness is real righteousness. It's not this foolish notion and false notion and non-biblical notion of imputed righteousness. This is not Jesus' righteousness covering us and hiding us from the reality of our own condition. No, it is real righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus, by the Spirit, and through the blood. But let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. I want to go to a story. It's found in the book of Numbers. In Numbers, the 22nd chapter, there is a problem. The problem is the children of Israel. They're a huge group of people coming like a plague upon the promised land. And of course, God has promised he will give them the entire promised land. And you remember the story of Joshua as he swept in and he took the entire promised land with some exceptions. But the king of Moab, a very wicked nation, they summon Balak. I'm sorry, Balak summons Balaam. He lives over in Mesopotamia, a beautiful place. He comes because he's been asked to come and put a curse on these people. But there's some interesting background going on that you need to understand. 
the elders of Moab and Midian want him to come and place a curse on these people. Uh, If you look at chapter 22, verse 6, now come and put a curse on these people. In other words, destroy them or cause them to be totally ineffective in defending themselves. So, they send their top leadership with a fee for divination. Now, let's be clear. Divination is occultism. It's demonic. In the spirit realm, there is both the demonic and the divine. They both operate in the same sphere. Balaam says to them, Spend the night here. I'll bring you back the answer the Lord gives me. Balaam has positioned himself, if you please, as a sorcerer. He he places himself as a follower of the Lord God of heaven. So God comes to Balaam in verse 9. And he asks Balaam, he already knows, but he asks Balaam, who are these men with you? And Balaam answers, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people has come out of Egypt and they cover the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I'll be able to fight them and drive them away. Now listen to what God says. Do not go with them. You must not put a curse on these people because they are blessed. In other words, I'm with them. Now, Balaam has a very clear word from God. And it's not just an impression. It's audible. He has used divination and God has condescended to answer. And his answer is, do not go with them. Now, we find here the beginning of the answer to what I just read for you out of Romans, the eighth chapter, where you set your mind on the flesh, the desires of your flesh, lust, anger, bitterness, ambition, jealousy. The lists are in the scriptures. You can find them. If you set your mind on that, you cannot be a servant of the Most High God. If you set your mind on what the Spirit wants, then he will quicken you by the Holy Spirit in your physical body. So he has a very clear answer from God. Do not go with them. It could not be any more transparent. Now, the problem is Balaam wants the things of the flesh and not the things of the spirit. But he operates in the spirit realm. But he operates in the spirit realm in order to accomplish his own desires. Now, today we have that same thing happening in the Christian church. We have positive affirmations. We have this false teaching of positive thinking. We have people who say, oh, I I don't dare say that because my words have power and and they will shape that reality. No, they won't. There are two areas of spirit. One is the power of the demonic and you operate in that with positive affirmations. Or there is the spirit of the living God who operates only in righteousness. Righteousness is simply the word dikosune. It means innocence. It means to be made righteous, to not walk in rebellion or sin against the Most High. The next morning, Balaam gets up. He goes to these princes who have come, and he says, go back to your country. The Lord has refused to let me go with you. He understood exactly what God had said to him. 
So the Moabite princes, they all return to Balak, and they say, Balaam refused to come with us. So Balak sends back to Balaam other princes more numerous and more distinguished than the first group. And they come to Balak, and they say, Don't let anything keep you from coming to us. I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people. But Balaam answers, Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with gold and silver, I could not do anything great or small. Now stay here tonight, as the others did, and I'll find out what the Lord will tell me. Wait a minute. He's operating on very dangerous ground. His heart is going to be fully revealed. And the end of Balak's life and of Balaam's life will be execution by the children of Israel. And we see why. God has told him very specifically, you are representing me. Do not go and do not put a curse. They are blessed. That night, God did come to Balaam and he said, since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. Now you would not know by that answer, unless you knew the ways of God, how angry God was because of Balaam's refusal to obey him. Now, I'm going to say something that some of you may have a hard time with. God is, let me be more specific, Jesus, Lord Jesus, is very angry with America. He's angry because of our unrighteousness. He's angry because of our murdering of innocent babies. He's angry because of the way we have cheated nation after nation. He is angry because of the love of money, the love of entertainment, the love of obesity. You know, I have to be honest with you about this. My eating will sometimes get out of control. And I'll just keep eating wonderful, good food. And then when dinner, when, when dinner time comes at night, I'll go eat more food. And so when I begin to feel this overstuffed feeling, the Spirit of God will begin to speak to me and say to me, you're walking in sin against me. I am not welcome to eat whatever I choose whenever I choose to eat it. And so he will periodically say, you have lost control of your appetite again, Ray. Fast. Get hungry. Well, none of us like to get hungry. And it usually takes me three, four seven days of fasting to get my appetite back under control. God does not want us to be out of control. And many of you, you have type 2 diabetes. Why do you have it? Because of your lifestyle of eating. And so you have a big gut. You're too heavy but you don't want to fast. But medical advice today says the only way to overcome type 2 diabetes, not type 1, but type 2 diabetes, the only way to overcome it is fasting, intermittent fasting or total water fast. The Lord usually puts me on a on a three to seven day total water fast. He has had me fast for 30 days, just water. And you get very hungry. But it's the only way I know to get appetite under control. I have a father and two brothers who all have 
or had, dad has passed, type 2 diabetes. I don't want sugar diabetes. But I know it depends on my obeying the word of the Lord. It is no use to abuse my body and then come while I'm abusing my body and ask Jesus if he would heal me. That's the height of foolishness. No, I have to do what he tells me to do. And what he tells me to do is get hungry, Ray. Fast, water fast. So I do. And I get my body back under the Lord's control. I need to do that. It's important to do that for me, for my health. My body is not my own. I am, I am bought at a price, the price of Jesus' blood. Now let's come back to Balaam. God says, okay, and I want to tell you now, this is one of God's ways. You'll have a very clear leading. I want you to do this. Scripture will be quickened. Yes, I need to do that. Yes, I need to fast. Yes, I need to go here. Yes, I need to move. Yes, I need to move on. Yes, God speaks through his word, through pastors, through people, through prophetic words. God speaks to us. One of his ways is that if we question that, and what we really want in our heart is not to obey what he has said, because our heart is set on the flesh. Our heart is not set on the spirit. When your heart is not set on the spirit, and he says, fast, you say, I can't do that. It's too hard. It's impossible. He says, I want you to move. I want you to sell your house. I think of one instance of a person who the Lord came to me and said, tell that person to sell their house now. They said, no, I'm comfortable there, pastor. Well, I'm not accustomed to any kind of shepherding. I don't force people to do anything. It's up to them and God. But if God gives me a message about a person, I'm going to share that message, and then they can do whatever they want to do with it. I know I tell people, turn your TVs off. Stop watching all of the internet. Stop playing the video games. I'm speaking that out of the spirit. I'm not speaking that out of my flesh. And people sometimes get angry with me and they say, you're being a legalist. No, I'm trying to stop you from searing your mind so that the Holy Spirit can't speak to you. I'm only telling you what he said to me. Then it's up to you to decide, do you want to do it or not? God spoke to Balaam. He disobeyed. God says, okay, you want to go? Go. You want to light your own fire and you want to lie down and torment? Go do it. You want to destroy your life? Go do it. It's up to you. God didn't stop Balaam from what he was doing. But what he was doing eventually cost him his life. And what you're doing, if you are not of the mind of the Holy Spirit and you have set your heart on what your flesh desires, you too will die. I don't know when, but the judgment of God will come upon you and you will die. You may die of old age, but you still die and then you'll be cast into the fire of hell. Now you say, Pastor, I don't believe you. Okay, set your mind on your flesh. You can rebel, and God will say, let them go. Let them do what they want to do. 
a man, black belt, karate. I said to him, you're always contentious. There's a spirit in you, contentious spirit. And it's created a great deal of pain and difficulty for you and your family. And I want to tell you what I believe as I've prayed for you, what it is. It's that spirit of martial arts. It's in you. And if you want to break this spirit of contention and you want to make peace with God, you're going to have to renounce that spirit. And in the name of Jesus, rebuke it and cast it out of you. He said, Pastor, I can't do that. It's my security. It's my safety. It's my manhood. You notice it wasn't Jesus, even though he called himself a Christian. And to this day calls himself a Christian, but full of contention, causing difficulty. I don't like that. But does he have the freedom to do that? Of course he does. You're free to rebel against the Most High God. But there is a penalty for that rebellion. And so what I'm doing on this broadcast is urging you in every way possible to set your mind on what the Spirit wants. And what he wants is innocence. He wants righteousness. He wants you through the blood of Jesus, to be totally renovated by the Holy Spirit so that you put all of your trust in Jesus. Not in the flesh, not in the world, not in the devil, but you put your trust in Jesus. Now, some of you have started putting your trust in Jesus, but you're still holding on to those things in the world. And I want to show you that as you hold on to those things in the world, God becomes angry with you and he may begin to discipline you punish you or he may walk away and say okay you want to do that go your way you can be as religious as you want to be but god will walk away from you now notice what he did with balaam this is terrifying stuff this is real These are the ways of Almighty God. He still operates this way. Remember in Romans, the first chapter, it said, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the great day of wrath. Now, if some of you are saying, Pastor, God is not angry with America. Go read the book of Revelation and find out what God's wrath does as it comes and how it destroys Babylon, how Babylon will be burned to a crisp. And millions upon millions of people will die. God is angry with America. Some nations he's not nearly as angry with as he is America because America has had a great light And some people say, oh, no, watch, God is going to revive the whole of America, and we're going to go back to being the leader in the world, and and we're going to have a wonderful time of prosperity. Who are you kidding? If you've been listening to somebody who's prophesying that, they're a false prophet. They don't know the word. God is angry with Balaam, and God is angry with America. Now, notice. Balaam was riding his donkey. His two servants were with him. Verse 23. When the donkey standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, he turned off the road into a field and Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was angry. 
and beat her with his staff. I want you to see something. This is a way of God and a way of man. You notice the donkey sees the angel three times and turns aside. He doesn't want to die. (coughs) Pardon me. So Balaam beats her. I want you to get this lesson. It is a very important one. When you have an agenda of the flesh that you are following, I love my video games. I love my my Marvel movies and television shows. I love this and I love that. And it's, I love my work and I love my money and I love my life and I'm going to make sure I win. And you're operating in the flesh you will not be able to see the hand of God. But the hand of God is against you. You want the hand of God against you, then you will have trouble. You'll have no peace. You will have conflict. You'll have chaos. You can muscle through it. You can positive think your way through it. You can put into practice all of the strategies for success. But God is angry with you. It is not healthy or safe to have God angry with you. America is in very, very deep trouble. Mr. Biden is saying, don't worry, we're not going to have nuclear war. Everything he says, the opposite is true. I don't know when the nukes will fly, but I can tell you today they will fly. And America will be nuked. And millions upon millions of Americans are going to die. It will be God's judgment of anger upon our nation. Now, notice. The Lord, in his mercy, opens the donkey's mouth And she says to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? You can obviously tell the the donkey has a lot more sense and fear of God than Balaam does. You wonder, who is the real donkey here? It's obvious. I don't want to insult the donkeys but it's obvious that Balaam doesn't have the wisdom of a donkey. But Balaam can't see the sword of the Lord. He can't see God because he's on his way with another agenda. When you have an agenda, you can't, you can't hear God. I remember many years ago when the Acuras first came out, I was walking by, I was driving a VW ragtop Cabarella. That was for my daughters, but it was old and I needed a new car. And I walked by and I saw this beautiful red Acura coupe with gray leather interior. I fell in love with it. I'd walk down there. I'd go there several times a week and I'd just sit in it and I'd look at it and I'd smell that new car smell and I'd say, I have to get this car. And then the Lord directed me to go back to my 25th high school reunion in Mount Vernon, Ohio. And so I said, Lord, I'll go. But I have to have a new car to go because I'm not going to go in this old ragtop car. I'm not going to be shamed in front of my old classmates. He didn't answer. I finally bought that red Acura with a seven-year note. I did not do what the Lord wanted me to do. 
the first thing that happened is I took my daughters for a ride in it, and I was showing off, and I got a speeding ticket. That wasn't by accident. The years went by. I had my car. And every month, it was a whip on my back to make those payments. I was more beat up over that car than anything I've ever had in my life. I chose to go against the will of God, and I suffered the consequences. I had one payment left. I was not late, but they came and repoed it through a clerical error. And I just let it go, and they sent me a very generous check for it. I was glad to get rid of it. I I thank God for getting rid of that whip on my back. And I've not driven anything but junker since 30 years. And I rejoice that the Lord in his mercy took away that whip. A car payment is a whip on your back. It's not his will. But let's come back to the story. What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered, You've made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. When we're walking in the flesh and someone steps in our way, and says, no, you can't do that. We get very angry. When someone steps in my way, when I am doing the will of God, I don't get angry. I get on my face before God and ask him to remove the block that has come before me. And I ask for a reissuing of orders to make sure it's God and not, not the devil. I come to a month of radio cost and already I've begun to pray about March because it's one of the biggest months of the year for payment. We just barely made February and February is one of the least. So I'm looking at March. There's a block. The devil will try to prevent people from giving. But I'm just praying, and my heart is completely at peace, and I know he will overcome every obstacle, and he'll cover the month of March. He'll move in people's hearts who obey him, who serve him. And I rejoice in the Lord. Balaam answers his donkey. Remember I asked the question, who's the donkey? The donkey is any person who is serving the way of the flesh and not the way of the spirit. You've made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you right now. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he answered. Now, the Lord is so merciful and so kind. You may have stored up great wrath with God against you by your disobedience to his commands, but he may not have walked away from you. If you still are concerned about your standing with God, he has not walked away or you would not be concerned. People say to me, have I committed the unpardonable sin past? No, because you're still concerned about it. A person who's committed the unpardonable sin has cursed the Holy Spirit, and he no longer strives in your heart. But if the Holy Spirit is still striving with you, you still have a chance. The Lord opened Balaam's eyes. I've been praying that God would open my eyes. 
that he would bend me. I've been praying that God would open your eyes, that you could see the wrath of God that you have stored up against yourself with your wicked heart and disobedience. He saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. He bowed low and fell face down. Now, I want you to see something. This is crucial. Balaam is not repenting. He's trying to convince God not to kill him. He deserves to die. He has gone into the spirit realm. He has refused the word of God to him. And now he's on his way, a very reckless course. Listen to what the Lord says. You have beaten your donkey these three times. I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. I have to ask you, are you on a reckless path before God where you are continuing to build up his wrath against you? And what does he have to do? Do you have to see the sword of God about to take your life before you're willing to stop walking in ways of the flesh? How long are you going to go back to your sin? How long are you going to be reckless before Almighty God? It does not pay to be reckless before God. You either set your mind on the things of the flesh and please yourself, and with it comes trouble and chaos and pain and anguish and no peace, or you set your mind on what the Spirit desires, and there is no compromise in your heart between these two. Many of you have gone on a reckless course before Almighty God, but you're not ready to serve Him yet. You just want to get Him off your back. You're in danger. God may either walk away or he may take your life. I know of many. He simply took their life. I've done their funerals. It's a sad thing to have to stand before a congregation of family and friends and say, this man deliberately defied Almighty God and deliberately turned from the way of righteousness and God's wrath burned against him and he is now dead. I've had to say that at a number of funerals and sometimes the families have become enraged because they too are walking a reckless path. God is not a tame wolf. God is not tame. He's not our pet. God is the almighty king of heaven and earth. He sees everything and he judges every decision and every action. He says, I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away before these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared the donkey. In other words, the donkey had not stirred up the wrath of God against itself. But Balaam had. Your puppy, your dog that you love so much, or your cat that you love so much, it's not stirred up the wrath of God against itself, but have you? Is your dog more righteous than you? Is your cat more righteous than you are? Yes, in most cases. Balaam says to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you're displeased, I'll go back. No repentance. 
acknowledgement that he has, in fact, disobeyed the word of God. But that's not repentance. Repentance is utterly turning away from that opposing God. Repentance leads us out of the ways of the flesh into the ways of the Spirit. Repentance is turning away from that wickedness, and the wrath of God is then no longer built up against us. But he is not repentant. He's he's totally unwilling to face the hardness of his own heart. God has just spared his life. He did not deserve to have his life spared. But God is gracious and merciful and kind and long-suffering. Because we can get away with something, we keep doing it. Because God doesn't come and punish us because we delve into the wickedness of this world, whether it's the violent video game or the or the wicked television. But it will sear our minds. It will separate us from God. And it is storing up wrath unto the judgment of God against us. So the Lord says, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Now we have Balak, who represents setting your heart on the things of the flesh. And he demands that Balaam come and curse the children of Israel. And so Balaam begins that process. And I want you to see, build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams. The bulls and the rams, the sacrifice thereof is to point forward to the death of Jesus on the cross. Balaam is stirring up even more wrath of God against himself. And so then he goes to see if God will meet with him and tell him what he's supposed to do. Chapter 23, verse 4, this is pure grace. God met with him. He did not deserve to have God meet with him. But God met with him. And he says, look, Lord, I've, I've prepared the seven altars and I've offered a bull and a ram and a sacrifice before you. And then God gives him a message. This is the message. Balak brought me from Iram, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them, from the heights I view them, I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. I want you to get that. Are you one of the nation? Or have you come out of the wickedness of America and now you are given utterly unto God? Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and may my end be like theirs. And Balak is livid. What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you've done nothing but bless them. Do you hear this? It sounds like he wants to die the death of the righteous. What kind of death does Balaam die? He dies the death of the wicked. Why? Because he will not obey the word of the Lord. 
he has stirred up wrath against himself. And please, let me be very frank with you. Most of you listening to this broadcast have stirred up the wrath of God against yourselves. You have no tear of God. You don't weep before the Lord and cry out for righteousness. You have stirred up the wrath of God against yourself, and you will die the death that Balaam died, not the death of the righteous, but the death of the unrighteous. I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to turn right now to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you and to remove that debt of wrath that stands against you, that has caused you such pain and anguish and chaos and bitterness and and fighting and discord, that wrath that that has hurt your heart, your disobedience to Almighty God. You've never taken him seriously. You've always blown him off. You've scorned righteousness. And you've said, I can never leave all my sin. I'm saved, but I'm I'm still a sinner. No, you have the wrath of God against you, and that wrath will take your life just like it's going to take Balaam's life. Hell is going to be filled with people who call themselves Christians. Sinning Christians will fill hell. I don't want you to be one of that number. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, Two two one nine one one nine five, and you can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and there you'll find all the YouTube videos, and you'll find also podcasts and other information that will be helpful in your journey. You can give online, and I have to tell you, my heart is always greatly encouraged, and I pray for you when I find, like Dirk and and many others who give, Twyla, Cheryl. I'm greatly encouraged by your commitment to Jesus, by your getting right with him, by your turning away from wickedness, by setting your mind on the Holy Spirit. God bless you today. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. With great joy Now unto him who is able To keep you from falling And to present you blameless Before the presence of his glory With great joy